had enough? Ready to turn your career into your own consulting and coaching business? You're in the right place. I'm Betsy Jordan, and with my background as a consultant, entrepreneur, and personal brand builder, I'm here to give you inspiration and guidance to own your brilliance, shape your brand, articulate your message, and get seen and paid as the expert that you already are. This is Enough Already, the place for consultants and coaches to learn how to create businesses and lives that they love. Hey, it's Betsy Jordan, and I'm so excited to have you meet Jason Fearnow, one of my favorite clients of all time, who has done an amazing job leaving his corporate job to start his own business, and now he's positioning himself to thought leadership. So Jason, welcome. Thank you. Excited to be here. So we've been working on your brand messaging and positioning for a while, so I could tell everybody about who you are and what you do, but I'd love for you to be able to tell everybody who you are and what you do. What what I do is... I coach, consult, and advise leaders in, mine, in mining projects on how to think, how to get things done better, so smarter, more strategic, and more forward-thinking. Oh, my gosh. You're reading that straight off your website, aren't you? Totally. <laughs> All right. Well, what's really cool about Jason, from my experience of working with him, is you have this superpower around helping really big contracts come together where you can help the stakeholders negotiate because you help them come up with win-win. So tell us a little bit about your background as that contract negotiator in the mining industry and what kinds of things you were able to accomplish through your career. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot to that, but let's unpack it a little bit because I think it'll be fun. So my experience from a corporate standpoint is exactly as you said. I was involved when I was at corporate before consultant with the major mining companies who are great at mining, breaking rocks, making rocks into smaller rocks, and then pulling out gold, silver, nickel, whatever. What they suck at is building projects, which is a problem for them because a mine runs for 20 years, 30 years, and then you've got to go to the next resource and build a process facility. And the process facility in and of itself are typically for the clients that I serve, the companies that I work for are a billion dollars or more. And they don't know how to build anything. So they use me to create a relationship with a major engineering and construction company that can design and then build the new process facility for them so they can take big rocks and make them into smaller rocks and then extract the gold. This sounds like you had an amazing career. So I'm sure a lot of people are thinking like, wow, you had all that influence and you did all of that as a corporate leader. Why in the world would you leave that type of amazing career and go and start your own business? Like, what was the motivation? Serving people, I think. What, um, what I discovered is that my skill set was multifaceted in the sense that it was more about creating a win-win relationship and helping somebody see what their unique superpowers were. So for me, it was more relational and more impactful to be able to sit across from somebody and say, what is it that you want? Like, what do you want to do? And then help them figure out how to get there and what self-limiting beliefs they have that are preventing them from getting what they want. And that to me is very fulfilling. So let me ask you a question. So going back in time when you were in corporate and you wanted to leave to do your own thing, 
So am I, can, am I hearing between the lines that you're saying is that there's a lot of other things you wanted to offer that you couldn't do it in your formal role that you wanted to address? Or what was it that made you like go back and how long has it been actually since you left and started your own business? Five years, just a little over five years. So was there an event or were you just sort of like, wow, I could do more? Like, was that kind of like, you know, were those drum beats of change beating for a while or did, did something happen or what made you decide like, I don't want to do this. I want to do that. Yeah. So I was, it was out of necessity, really. It was, it was forced upon me. There was a moment where I went from one company had a great role and then got recruited heavily to go to another business only to be laid off as part of a downsizing a couple of years later. At that moment, I didn't know it. Best thing that ever happened to me from a mm -hmm. business career, even lifestyle standpoint. I didn't know it at the time, but because I had so many things on the go with, with my current company, they said, look, we need you to be a consultant. I was like, okay, I'll be a consultant. So I helped them out for a while, but it wasn't until I'd say a lot more recently and, and through the work with, with you, Betsy, that I really saw the aspect of myself that I wanted to amplify. So interesting because, you know, you are not alone. There's so many people that I work with. I would say the majority of the people who want to start their own businesses, usually they might have had that discontent like maybe you did around like, I, I, I could do more. I could see more of the value that I could create, but it's been thrust upon them. And then they are at that choice point of like, I don't want to go back to corporate. I want to do my own thing. But it's interesting for you is that consulting kind of came to you. They, uh -huh. you, they were asking you to be a consultant. And you just sort of like went with it rather than making a choice with it. Do you sure. think that had any effect on just kind of like your um, your satisfaction with your role or what made you decide like, gee, I really want to get more intentional. Like, why did you want to reach out to someone like me and say, I really want to get more intentional about my business now? Yeah, sure. So what I've learned about myself, and this is true with myself, my clients and others, but what I learned about myself is that anytime I went through a transformation in my life, it was because I had a coach. It was because I had somebody in my corner that was helping me understand, you know, why I was thinking what I was thinking or, or what beliefs and values I had that were instilled upon me when I was a kid that were perhaps preventing me from living the lifestyle that I wanted. So in working with you, you forced me to do the deep inner work required to think about what I wanted. And when I did that through, you know, our coaching together, it, um, it became evident to me that the work I was doing within the mining space was fulfilling, but I wanted to have a bigger impact. Mm -hmm. And it was really for me about the belief that I have that when my cup is full, if I fill my cup and my cup is overflowing with good, then I have the ability to serve other people and serve more people. And I love that. That to me is super impactful and feels good and helps others. And I'm, it's just something that gives me a lot of fulfillment. So what I'm hearing you say that is really powerful to me is that you were doing good work, but it wasn't about the work anymore. Like what I'm hearing kind of in there is that there's a bigger impact. There's something that you wanted to create in the world that just continuing to do what you did in your former career. Well, actually, I don't know if this, let me just test out this theory and you can tell sure. me if I'm right. 
But it sounds like because you left the mining industry as a formal employee, because you got laid off, you got an opportunity and it seems like it just mirrored what you did when you were in corporate and that you decided like, I want to do something different, not even just in terms of my working for somebody else versus my working for myself. It was more like, I want to create different kinds of products and services. I want to create different kinds of value. I want to do different kinds of things from a work standpoint. And then it seems like through our work together, you were starting to understand a little bit more of like, wow, I can have a bigger voice and a bigger stage. There's that other part, but the initial is, is I just keep seeing to recreate my career here in this business. And I know there's more I could do. Is that, am I hearing that accurately or am I not? No, no, you're really spot on. I think I can tell a bit of a story that'll put some bookends and some additional context to that. So what I, what I do for the mining space is, is very specialized and something that I had really worked on in the craft that I had really, I don't want to say perfected, but something that I got really good at and provide a lot of value as a result. You're being humble. Okay. Who's negotiated more multi-billion dollar contracts than you have? Has anybody? Name anybody. Not mining. mining. So you are the industry standard. You did the best compared to anybody else. I'll toot your horn if you're not going to toot your horn for yourself. (laughs) Yeah, fine. That's fine. So yeah, so there was a lot of value to be extracted there, which was great. And, and when I figured that out, so I started my consultancy business trading time for money, which is, I wouldn't encourage anyone to do. When I reframed my own mind to position myself based on value and then started charging on value, I realized that I had bandwidth, to be honest with you. I, rather than making work to make money, I could create value for my clients in a meaningful and impactful way and still have bandwidth from a time, effort, and energy standpoint. And I thought to myself, what am I going to do with this extra time that I have and this extra capacity that I have? So I thought, and this is a question you asked me, which I love, which is what pisses you off? So I looked at the industry that I was in, that I was serving, that had been good to me and my community and my family. And I said, look, we suck at building projects. We totally suck. And it's not that complicated. And when I say suck, I'll say that 98% of the projects, mega projects, a billion dollars or more, uh, 98% of the time, they overrun cost and schedule by 30% or more. Well, that means on a billion dollar project, you're guaranteed to spend more than 300 million. That's stupid. Why would you do that? But the reality is that as an industry, we do that every single time. But it doesn't have to be that way because it's just not that complicated. So we started, I started a group of individuals, curated a group of industry leaders who wanted to do things better, who wanted to make a difference and make things more sustainable for everybody. And we started having these roundtable discussions around deliberate topics within the industry. And then we used that as our content development to educate an otherwise relatively ignorant market. What I, what I learned about myself is that I really liked that. I liked being engaged and involved and having a goal that was bigger than me. So it's not about Jason making money. It's about the fact that we know our industry so well and have the capacity to serve in, in that way that for me is far more fulfilling than just getting a a check in the bank every month. What I really love about this whole idea is you always see yourself as this person who's going to 
influence other people to go beyond wherever they're at. And you see this ripple effect. But if we go broader, that's one side, but if we go more narrow. What I think when we started circling the wagons around your superpower, and then eventually as we got into your thought leadership idea, like what's your main controlling idea that really undergirds your why and everything, that it's not around projects that are not being set up for success that drives you crazy. It's the win-lose partnerships. It's about the relationships. So tell me, like, just from our brain, let's talk about it from the branding standpoint, and then we'll talk again about how it turns into your thought leadership. But how did we get to that point? How did you get to that clarity of saying, you know what, my real superpower isn't about setting up the projects or even about negotiating the contracts. Your superpower is deeper Hmm. around facilitating win-win relationships. So tell me about how you went to that discovery and how it kind of opened your eyes to see like, wow, I've been using this superpower hmm. in every part of my life. Yeah, sure. Well, it was a process. There's, there's no question. A lot of it, I look at it like this. First of all, you and I spent time, I was on your couch for a while. <laughs> my virtual you know, couch. Your, not your virtual couch. <laughs> not your real couch. Your virtual couch, which for some reason I imagine to be green, but... <laughs> I sat on your virtual couch and you asked me questions about essentially my, my upbringing, my upbringing, my childhood, and then the uh, beliefs and values that I had around that. And really then the philosophy for how I make decisions and how I, uh, how I live my life, I guess. So your superpower, describe describe what we identified or what you identified as your superpower. What are you so amazing at that you just kind of blew off like, well, doesn't everybody do it this way? Like, what is it that you could say is now that you can name it and claim it and say it's your own? Yeah, sure. Well, let me see if I can encapsulate this in the way that is meaningful for people. But what um, what I realized is that I had been studying human behavior my whole life and that I hated conflict. I was in a, um, as the story goes, as we talked through Betsy, my folks, one was very conservative, one was very liberal. At home, because of that dichotomy, they never, they never talked about it. So, and they never fought in front of us. There was never conflict within my house. So as I moved and grew, I didn't have the tools in my tool belt to really understand how to navigate through conflict. I then found myself in a, in a high intense, high conflict marriage, which was really tough, but I learned how my understanding of humans and human behavior could help me, I don't say sidestep, but diffuse the conflict. And I learned that it doesn't have to be that hard. And that when you're working against each other, you're actually both losing as opposed to being open-minded, listening to people, and then figuring out a way to collaborate in an effective way. I'm really good at that. And that translates directly to my career when I talk about a major mining company that's going to spend a billion dollars or more and a contractor that's going to do it for them. Well, that's a lot of money. The stakes are high, you know, all that stuff. So how do you find a way to bridge the gap between those two entities that have very different goals? 
and different business plans. And I got good at that. It's so fascinating. I, I imagine people are listening and though they're going to have a couple different objections. You know, the sure. one hand of saying, come on, Jason, you work in this like, you know, action oriented, you know, kind of thing. Do people really want to know about relationships? Like, what would you say to that one objection that people might be thinking? Do people really want to know about relationships? Yeah, like, you know, do, you, do, do the mining leaders really want to know? You know, like, if you're going to help your mining, you know, these you know, kind of people with, you know, in an elite industry, you know, that kind of thing, like, do they, you know, technically competent kind of leaders, are they going to really care about these win-win relationships? You know, are, you know, are, are, how do you, how do you bring this to them when that's not the natural way that they would roll? Yeah, sure. I, I think it's, it's a journey. And I say this almost every day. One, I don't work with jerks. Don't have to, don't want to. Two, I only work with people that have the same ethics and integrity as, as I do, because I'm not willing to compromise that for anyone, my wife included, and she knows that. The third is I want to work with progressive, open-minded, forever learners. So I gravitate toward people like that. And when I do, it, it's a journey of this is the way that people have always done it. This is why it's stupid. This is a different way, and this is why it's better. So there's a, uh, a a natural education that happens as a result of that. And when I get them to the end, they're like, "Oh, okay, okay, I get it. This totally makes sense." And yeah, it does make sense. And you know, it, it it's that journey. So for you, a lot of it is getting clarity on this is what I'm all about. This is how I rule, and then these are the values that come out of this one. And I'm not willing to compromise. I don't want to work with people who I don't align with and being okay with it. So it's like you get out of that scarcity mindset. Sounds like a big transformation if you got out of that scarcity mindset that I you have to work with whoever comes to you and you can pick who you want to work with, who relate to you. Um, is that accurate? Yeah, totally. I, it's totally scarce, abundance versus scarcity. What I realized when I started this creative group of leaders and we started putting content out it wasn't popular for everybody. Some people are like, oh, this guy's, you know, I, I don't agree with him. Nobody ever said it to my face, but I would have liked to have that conversation, but we didn't. But people naturally gravitated away, whereas other people naturally gravitated toward me and toward our mission. So it became a great filter for people that I didn't want to work with anyway. And looking at it that way, it's like, well, great. This is a way to get rid of people that would be bad clients or people that would be I wouldn't want to have a relationship with. And it's this amazing filter that I have. So the people that come into my life that are part of that community or have read my content or have watched YouTube or, or done whatever in terms of content we created, they're my people. Uh, and that's the key. So part of the thing for scale is which so is so interesting because a lot of times people think that if you're going to go from startup to scale, that means that you got to offer, you got to help more people. But for you, it's narrowing down like, no, this is the kind of person I want to serve. And this is why I want to serve them. And that's giving you that platform to scale. Absolutely, Betsy. And what, what I love about that is that the more I do this and the more I, I communicate my values and my beliefs, the more people gravitate toward me that have the same ideals so that when you have a conversation with them, the quality of the conversation is so much higher. As a result of that, it's, it, it energizes the hell out of me. 
you know, because I get to be free. I get to express what I'm passionate about. I get to say what I think. And guess what? There are other people that agree. But that energy, that that enthusiasm, that excitement, it's infectious. Yes, because people like to work with passion. People like to hire people who are passionate and you're clearly passionate. Could you have gotten there? So this is another objection. I imagine people sure. are listening and would say, is saying, oh my gosh, I don't want to go to therapy. I just want to get some marketing tactics. Like uh-huh. you know, you're talking about my green couch, which by the way, I don't have a green couch. <laughs> you're talking about the metaphorical green couch that I'm going to be putting all the clients on to examine their stories and the life themes and the superpowers that comes out of it and the passion, the things that piss them off. The reason why you probably were pissed off at the projects not being set up correctly is it pisses you off when relationships are conflicted, when they really don't have to be. So that has very deep roots in your story. Could you have gotten there without unpacking your story? Or did you need to unpack your story to get that clarity and this passion that you have now? I feel very strongly that you need to do the deep inner work yourself to understand yourself before you can show up and be a servant in the way that I wanted to be. And the reason for that is a few. If you, so you'll see it if anybody looks at my website, it shows I'm a neuroscience junkie. I love this stuff. But if you take science, what many say is that you, I believe that the reason and and the backbone for how people make decisions is based on their beliefs and their values. I, I believe that to my core. What's crazy about that is science says that most of us learn 70 plus percent of our, of our values by the time we're between the ages of eight and 13. Well, I've got a nine-year-old and a 14-year-old. I have kids and I see what they're like at between eight and 13 some of the things that you learn in fourth grade don't necessarily serve you as an adult. And a lot of those things become self-limiting thoughts. So what I think is people push until they get to a plateau because they've got a self-limiting thought and then they get stuck. And that's where coaches come in. And that's why your green couch is so important. But if you also go back and you look at your, your life as a child and you think, well, why do I feel like I have to give somebody direct eye contact when I'm speaking to them. Otherwise I'm rude. Well, my dad was in the army and that's what he taught me. Does that serve me hundred percent of the time as an adult? No. Sometimes people look down at their phone, they're texting, they're doing whatever. It doesn't mean they don't like me or they're being disrespectful. So I had to change that, that belief and value so that it, it served me in what I ultimately want. So it seems like there's a couple different parts of like reviewing your past is some of it is, is this just, there's a handful of self-limiting beliefs that you might've collected because of information you have, but there's also this core narrative that we really unpack, which is growing up in a home with two very different parents and bringing the, seeing the consensus actually work and seeing the value of consensus. Like there's a part of it where this is a, there was a, there was wounded elements that you had, but also things that you really have values around with this collaboration. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. It seems like so it seems on a couple different levels without understanding this whole overall narrative around relationships and collaborations and win-win, you know, do you see yourself being able to have the same kind of passion that you have now and this clarity and this conviction that I'm this person who can carry this message forward? Because that's what I'm hearing in you. I hear your conviction. 
that I have a message and I will carry it forward, which is different than when we started working together. You had a thousand things. Remember you gave me your list, like here's my, all my millions of mottos, you know, but it's like putting the through line for all those mottos. So this whole idea of collaborative relationships is the key to success. It's, it, it's in everything that you do. You teach your project managers how to do pro, um, political, the political savvy kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You, are, you do this in your home. You do this everywhere. Without unpacking your story, when you've gotten to this level, like, yeah, this is, this is what I'm about. And, and I can own this thing because I am designed for this. And my story mm-hmm. shaped me for it. I don't think I would have got there without help and without coaching and um a willingness to get uncomfortable. So now let's talk about your next step. Okay. So we've been talking a lot about your thought leadership. So just for those who are listening in who thought leadership as a concept might be new, there's a difference between being a sought after expert and a thought leader. A sought after expert is when you use your content to position yourself as that go-to resource for people in the field. That's where you've been for a long time. You've been leading your community and you've shown that you could share best practices and you can educate people. The thought leader is different is you invite people to think with you and you shake up the industry or the world in some sort of substantial way. So you're moving from this sought after expert to this thought leadership status. And the thought leader part has the two parts is your core story and your core idea. Um, now you have some of you now you have that your core idea is about your core story is about that whole thing around the relationships and your your core framework that we walked through was you know around how do you create that to happen how does having that clarity in terms of what you're all about influence or impact your ability to create different kinds of content so we're working on a podcast now you have a youtube channel Mm-hmm. Now, how does that really shape how you're thinking around your content and what kind of visibility strategies you want to use moving forward rather than just typical marketing strategies? The core story and the core idea become the beacon, the North Star, the guiding light, the, the filter for making decisions about what I want to do or don't want to do. Because you can look at that and say that, yes, I want to bring the story that win-win is possible every single time and that it's about how you engage with other humans that that becomes the basis for anything that I develop so if I'm creating a piece of content on YouTube it's the core idea the core message is always in the background that guides the way that we develop our content and your same thing, and that's for your YouTube channel and for your uh, upcoming podcast that's going to be launching. When are we launching the podcast? <laughs> as soon as you'll let me. <laughs> what about your YouTube channel? Because that one's up <laughs> and going. Yeah, that's up. We uh, when we posted when we when we went through with your team and did the work and got the website up and running, we started publishing the YouTube videos on the on our blog, but also on YouTube. So that's been. I don't know, we've got a half dozen videos or something like that. So what's next for Jason? What's on your docket? What are your what are your visions now? Yeah, my visions now is I want to develop more written content, which is hard for me, but I want to develop more consistent written content because what I've found is that I have a ton of conversations because that's what I like. 
And as a result of having these conversations, the quality of the individuals that I have them with is increased, which is awesome. But there's always the underlying theme that ties back to the core idea, to the core story, to my core values. So there's consistent messages and there's consistent themes that come out as a result of that, that I think could impact other people. So I want to take those ideas, put them on paper and get those out into the world. Oh, you're going to do writing. I remember somebody wasn't happy about his copywriting that we had to do for your website. So this makes oh me very God. happy. <laughs> I, before, <laughs> before I started working with you, I thought I'm never going to write anything. I, 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 don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. And it's hard for me, but I know that about myself. But because I ha- understand the core story, the core idea, the core purpose, I know that that's how I can impact more people and that's enough to make me do it. So what's next for you is in, we've talked about this some is that you're going to go beyond the mining industry that you want to help professionals in general. You want to help people just continually go outside the edge of their competency and do new things, do cool things in so many different ways. So if somebody's in the mine, is your content going to be available just for the mining industry leaders or well, can other people who want to have more of that epic life, that epic career, can they, will they be able to find some of that value that you offer in your new content? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> what uh, we came to the realization that the principles that I apply and that, and that I use day to day work across industries. So they're agnostic. It doesn't have to be within the mining industry. There's a ton of benefit for me in the mining industry, and I'm passionate about it, and I care about it. So what I've started doing now is offering coaching and, and one-to-one stuff for folks that have reached a limiting thought, and they're stuck, but they're high achievers, and they want to advance their career, but they don't know how. I love working with those people and unpacking you know, what it is about them that's keeping them from saying... I'm worth this, or I'm good enough for this position, or I am enough, you know, and, and helping them achieve bigger things because they're meant for bigger things. So you do more of like that personal coaching for, for leadership type of individuals. What if somebody's listening in and saying, you know what, I don't work in the mining industry, industry, but I like this idea of creating collaborative relationships and being that person who can facilitate it within my organization. Mm-hmm. Would they be able to work with you in a consulting sort of way or in a in a coaching sort of way? Would you be able to help them? And how would you be able to help those leaders? A- absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, there's a variety of things, but I what I think is that coaching is the most impactful. So for people who want to do the work and, and look within themselves, I think that the biggest gains can be found by coaching one-on-one. No, no question. Having said that, there are things within the collaboration space that are best practices and do work. So if somebody wants to know more, was it tactfully, I guess, then we can certainly help step them through what that would look like and how to engage with their own company on a collaborative basis. And where do people find you? Can you tell us about your website and is your YouTube channel up yet? Tell, tell sure. people where they can find you. Yeah, sure. So 
jasonfierno.com is the lovely website that Betsy and, and her team created for me. And the copy is... <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, you did an awesome job on your oh, copy. What, that was probably the, one of the biggest shifts is just getting from that corporate speak crap to getting words on paper that sound like you would say. And when I shifted and when you coached me through shifting that mentality, it's like, oh, this is way easier. It's not so laborious. You can actually just talk. And that's what ends up being good copy. I think so funny is people really wonder, like, I, I wonder how I found my voice. I can't find my voice. I'm like, well, just talk. That is your voice. Just talk the way you talk. And now we've discovered your voice. You know, that's you right. Know, we don't and have I'm, to do a lot of work. That's your voice. I totally agree. Totally agree. So, okay. So, Jason Fear Now, um, Fear Now, which is kind of interesting because you try to help people fear not, but it's right. Fear Now is how your right. name is spelled. So, jasonfearnow.com is where the Got people it. can find you. Uh, and final wrap up question. Sure. Okay. So, I want you to go back in time. Imagine that guy who got laid off, and it was probably a blindside because everybody gets blindsided. Nobody expects to be laid off. With what you know now, what would you tell him? Oh, my God. I tell them to slow down. I tell them to slow down, <clears throat> figure out exactly what you want, who you want it with, how you're going to know what it's going to look like when you're done, and then reverse engineer a plan to get there. That's what I would tell them. That's where I start anyway. You tell them to go slow to go fast a little bit more? Absolutely. You, you got to go slow to go fast. You got to. It's not, a, we get so, we as humans get so wrapped up in, being busy, cranking out emails, talking to people, you know, doing all this crap, but it's all noise. It's all noise. If you slow down and you let yourself process your thoughts, you look inside yourself, you think about, well, why am I thinking that? And then you can really understand who you are, but you have to slow down. And I, man, when I started, it was like 70 hours a week, 80 hours a week. I'm like, I'm getting paid. I'm just going to keep cranking. I'm doing good. But I mean, I was, I now having slowed down and stepped back. Now I know what I want. I know I want an amazing relationship with my wife, my kids. I know what I want my income to be. Well, everything is focused on that. And I try to slow down and stay slow so that things become more clear. And when things become more clear, then you can act on it and actually do something about it with intent, which I think is really significant. So my green couch is sort of like the go slow to go fast couch where you could take a chill, which is ironic. It's green, but it gives you a chance to take, <laughs> a, take a chill as you are moving on. Sure. Yeah. I, you, you, you have to slow down. You have to get that noise out of your head because it's not serving you well. So is there anything else you want to talk about that relates to your journey as a leader, to a consultant, to a business owner, now to a thought leader? And I just didn't ask you the right question. I would say that creating a community of your people is hugely beneficial and for so many reasons. So I like to tell people, 
you know, what community do you belong to? And if you have a community in your industry, there's a society and organization, and that's where your people hang out. Awesome. If they don't create your own and it will be a self-serving flywheel, not only, I'm not saying financially, yes, financially, but also more significantly, you will get to make the impact that you want to make. So bottom line, again, relationships equals success. No, without them, you're going nowhere. Totally. Well, Jason, this has been a pleasure. You know, working with you is one of my highlights. So this has been great. And thank you so much for participating in this interview. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm so thankful for you and what you did for me in the sense that I would come into a session and I'd say, I think this, and you'd be like, that's, no, you don't, that's crap. <laughs> about this this and this and you helped me open up my mind in a way that I didn't know how to do before so I'm grateful for that forever well thank you and if any of you are listening if you want to have a similar experience maybe not on the green couch we could talk about a different metaphor for you but working on really your brand messaging positioning figuring out how to make sense out of your story and your background and how it actually turns into your superpowers and your path to thought leadership um, check out our brand messaging programs and as well as all of our other end-to-end marketing services and mentoring programs at www.betsyjordan with a Y, not a A. There's another Betsy Jordan gets all my stuff. Betsyjordan with a Y.com. And we'd love to help you. Thanks again, Jason. And we'll talk soon. Thank you for tuning in. If today's episode lit a fire in you, please rate and review enough already on Apple podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. And if you're looking for your next step, Visit me on my website at BetsyJordan.com and it's Betsy Jordan with a Y and you'll learn all about our end-to-end services that are custom designed to accelerate your success. Don't wait, start today.